When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another shop podcast. I am joined again, that's me, Joe Dyer, um, by editor of The Shot, Dave Milner. G'day. The Chase's very own Charles Firth. Hello. And we're delighted to have back with us again the indomitable Grace Tame. Hello. Hello, all. So this week we've been yet again just suppressing ourselves over the state of the planet and <laughs> our climate. Uh, and the looming opening up of many, many more gas wells across our vast baking plains of a country. Mm. Dave. Joe, hi. Yes, I have been looking into this this week, partly out of, um, I guess, white middle class guilt around our last episode of this podcast, where I felt Charles gave the Labour Party an extraordinary free pass on the killing koalas and opening up a uh, new fossil fuel <laughs> issue, I guess. So I've looked into yeah. that a little bit. No, but in fairness, can I just defend myself here, which is, because yes. I know what we're talking about. We're talking about this whole, the fact that Tanya Plibersek, during the week, approved an extra 116 gas wells in Queensland, right? That's... Well, though, wasn't it, a, you know, one of those five to five specials on a Friday evening? It was. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah, a Morrison yeah. special. It, it was. Yeah, it yeah. was. Whereas, yeah. conversely, we heard a fuckload about Clive Palmer's mind not being a. But no, no, yes, exactly. Yeah, a few days beforehand. But no, but in fairness to the Labor Party, I think what has happened here is it's just a simple grammar problem that they've had, which is Tanya Plibersek thought that she was minister for climate change, right? Like she, <laughs> she thought she had to make more climate change. And so, therefore, she and she's delivering. She is no, delivering she is on that. that brief. She absolutely yes. is. So, so I, I, I think the, that's where the the problem is. She just doesn't yeah. realize it was a mistake. So she, it was accident. So she's doing too well. So, if someone just needs to point that out to her, and then yeah. all will be fine. And the thing is, it's it, you got to approve. You got to approve these mines, Dave, because otherwise, how will we ever transition away from from fossil fuels unless we build more fossil fuel mines? As part of the transition, because otherwise, you know, because <laughs> I, I do see this is just saying. a very, this is a very temporary thing. It's only these mines are only going to last till twenty seventy seven. Like that's basically well, tomorrow. Bigger, bigger yeah. picture, bigger picture here, Charles. Tell. Like, mm. why should any of us subsidise the continued survival of fossil fuel companies when they're not? ensuring the continued survival of our species. Well, it doesn't seem I to make much that. sense well, I, on a bigger well, picture kind of level. This, well, this is a bit rich, right? Last week, you're going on about how we should protect endangered species like koalas. <laughs> fossil fuel companies, they're another endangered species. You're you don't want to fossil, protect them. You're trying hypocrite. To oh, fucking you. hypocrite. Are they, though? I mean, really, I'm not sure how endangered they are when they've stacked up some of the biggest profits that they have ever earned before of the back of the blood of the people of Ukraine. Well, okay, so this, I am looking into this, I'm writing about okay. it at the moment, and I've, there's five facts I've just gathered at the start of the article, which 
they're not opinions, they're just facts. It's a good starting point because I do think that just the discourse around this discussion in Australia is so fucking cooked. It is divorced from reality. So like, these are facts. The UN has explicitly asked Australia a few times now not to build any new fossil fuel facilities because there's a little bit of a carbon crisis. Second fact, mm. the Albanese government blocked Karp Karma's coal mine. Third fact, a week later they approved 116 new gas wells. Mm. Fourth fact, the Albanese government's safeguard mechanism is designed to protect fossil fuel companies, not the rest of us. This is a Tony Abbott legacy. It is how it's designed. Yeah. Fifth fact, final fact, fossil fuel companies donated $392,000 to the ALP in 2022. That's just fossil fuel companies pushing for new gas projects. Now, they also gave 500000 a bit more to the Liberal Party, but still, you get something for that sort of money. Yeah. Well, I think they're incontrovertible facts, uh, but I don't think any of this is, you know, new. Like, yeah. I mean, this is, I think, the thing about it is that this we've known all these things. There's been such a long time where you think if only people knew, if only we could just put the facts in the right order, if only we were more persuasive with the rhetoric that we deployed, that somehow it would make an impact. But I think what we all have to accept um, based on the evidence that we have in front of us is that nothing is making an impact but- and it continues to be business as usual it, mm, it's it's a very f- fraught discussion for myriad reasons so scientists were aware decades ago yeah what what the effects of greenhouse gas emissions yeah were, were doing it's like the smoking debate we're doing to yes exactly exactly they knew they knew what they knew what the effects of of uh, greenhouse greenhouse gas emissions yeah. were doing to the planet. Um, you know, rising temperatures, um, you know, glaciers melting, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, and fossil fuel interests all of a sudden turned into um, you know lobbyists going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We know, but we don't, <laughs> don't care because we're continuing to make money. To, well, yes, to, don't some, do this. Don't, ways, don't share this information. And yet we, you know, we have these, we have these massively profiting industries who don't pay any taxes because mm-hmm. that's part of the problem as well is we've got these really funny um, tax laws. But even if they were paying taxes, I don't know Where that any they... tax would be enough when yeah, the, planet, yeah. the survival of the planet is at stake. I mean, that's another well, whole terrible issue. And I agree. And another thing is, you might hear the uh, you might you, you might hear this myth being lobbed around about there's not enough lithium, uh, you know, t- to to supply um, you know batteries um, for renewable cars, and that's a load of crap. Um, mm. But obviously, you know, when you, if we're actually practically speaking, we do need to actually think about like how how do you shift things around. The government are obviously bought by like that's just a fact. They are bought by these massive mm. industries who are very powerful, and they're but not owning that fact. It's possibly the most stark of all the examples of that. That's what I find fascinating is eighty five percent 
of Australians, when polled, say that we should do more for climate change. And not in a tenure plebiscite sense of literally doing more <laughs> yeah. to create climate change. But actually, you know, like they want to stop climate change. 85%. So yeah. it's not yeah. even a sort of, oh, the Libs want this, the Labor want that. Like the entire political class know, are acting against the interests of the vast majority of Australians. And yeah. you're sort of going, it, like, it's it's a genuine question about Australian democracy and how democracy functions when that just literally, even a change of government can't deliver any any actual change on on what happens. Like, and, and you know, Grace, you're talking about how they've known for decades. They've refined their skills on how to manipulate governments for decades. Yeah, like we're talking yeah, about there's... a very concerted sort of ideological engine that operates right at the centre of power that just completely there's... sort of subverts democratic will. And there's... not paying tax is part of that because why would you pay tax if you had the ear of everyone who makes up the rules? There's, yeah, there's just it's, – it's, I guess it's what I'm trying to say though is it, it is – it's simple and it's not simple, you know, like it's, it's, it's obvious what's going on insofar as we know the, the facts they've been available for decades. We know the consequences of increased um, carbon dioxide in the atmosphere and um, the fires are, are, are examples and, and sorry, and the floods and, you know, all of that, it's, it's exemplifying it. But then actually applying these the the necessary transitions is another thing because you do also have to take into account that there are good hard-working honest people who are employed by these companies and they also need to have jobs and not be shamed mm. some of those people are just doing what they need to do you know if we just point the finger at say chevron or something like that you know it's Chev we've got to separate chevron the corporate giant from Chevron employees down the line who aren't necessarily bad people um, I, and how do we make this transition um, as soon as possible? I don't think too many people are saying that employers in mines and mills and whatnot are bad people. I, I don't think there's this like silence and complicity thing down to that level. I think the CEOs no. are extremely terrible people and do know what they're doing and they're plundering on the way out. I also think the politicians that allow this might be bad people too. Yes. But, you know, this isn't about a moral judgment. I think my point is this is about a scientific thing. And a thousand years from now, no one will venerate this obsession we have with, you know, compromising with terrible people on the way off the cliff. No one retrospectively will think that was a good quality to have had. They'll be shitty about that. And I think the thing is as well, we have to start somewhere. Um, and a good place to start would be how do we ensure the planet doesn't turn into a ball of fire? I like that as a starting point. Backwards, and work backwards from there for what we need to do now. And interestingly, that is in fact the reverse of the way the Labor Party modelled their policy leading into the federal election was that they came up with a policy and then they modelled it. So then they were able to say, you know, hand on heart, we can reduce, uh, according to our modelling, um, our emissions by 43% because we've modelled, you know, what our policies are going to do. Now, that includes a whole lot of greenwashing like carbon offsets, which we can get into, but there was a pathway. But the fact that everybody said 43% isn't good enough if we want to keep to the one and a half degree increase in temperature that we all signed up to in Paris and re um, ratified again in Glasgow, 
That was beside the point. That didn't matter because they could show how to get to 43%. And that's the kind of inverse magical thinking which is going on. We can only do what we can do. Look, 43% is better than the other mob. Therefore, pat, pat us on the back, even if it means that we are still, in fact, Plibersek-esque, the minister for climate change. <laughs> but then my question is, the Greens are clearly, you know, anti-climate change, like, you know... Yeah, they're a hard line on this whole to, not, you know, yeah. sending the species into but, misery thing. But, yeah. But what do they do wrong? No, completely unreasonable, nobody... petulant children in our politics. <laughs> but, yeah, what? why well, do they just come across as that and, and you sort of go, oh, yeah, well, that wouldn't... Be, whatever that is, that sounds like it's not the solution. Like, like, I'm just constantly amazed oh, Charles, by we're how... we're losing you every now and then. When you're glitching. I think that's a Charles. conspiracy by oil companies. <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, I think I'm in Melbourne. It's probably be because you're in a car. It's because you're in, in a, a car park. Yeah, but he's in a this car is an park electric because he's car. escaping. He's in escape. He's escaping from the uh, the oil companies who are yeah. out to get him because he's saying this is an electric car. This is an electric car. <laughs> <laughs> even worse. They're even more of a target right now. <laughs> so, Dave, what, what's your conclusion going to be once you run us through these five incontrovertible facts? Well, Is it we're yes. all be rude no, it, or...? It's, it's not that. It's about the just the gulf between reality and the discourse and the idea that the Greens are these petulant children for wanting to not kill us all. But, you know, interestingly... And that the ALP are the adults in the room. I think it's, it's just so skewed from the way things actually are. But the well, Greens are petulant children. They're... they're their this policies the, are so Absolutely. Silly. They're annoying as shit. Everyone hates it. Even the yeah. Greens hate the Greens, but it sucks. They're right. <laughs> you know? They are right. That's the thing. But, That's but the being, annoying thing about but it. But being right doesn't get you anywhere. But what I will just say quickly is, David, I think you're right too, and I've been um, dabbling around in this one article that I'm writing for Mianjin because I'm very literary and not just, you know, Oof, mucking about. Fancy. Lord, you does your, oh, does your, yes. Does your essay have to rhyme, Joe? Uh, I hope not. Uh, the thing about it is, is so far it doesn't really exist beyond my kind of nebulous <laughs> thoughts, even though it's due in a very short period of time. Joe, but is it allowed to have swear it words? Is, uh, it, it is not, which is why I'll only be doing the odd one for them and many more for you, Dave. Thank you. But you're right <laughs> to say that the discourse, in fact, our discourse has changed. The, the, the overed window, if you like, the conversation which is happening with Australian people is do something and do it now. But it is just the smear of, <laughs> I'm not the smear of anything, the smear that is the political class that is refusing to engage. And so that is why I think you're right when you say it's a it's a question of can democracy function? Um, have we Are we even in a democracy if the will of the people as so clearly expressed last May that we need to do something substantive and meaningful on climate change is essentially now just this whole kind of, turbulent greenwash of carbon offsets and and shouting at the greens <laughs> exactly <laughs> everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule and of course the cost well BetterHelp can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule it's surprisingly affordable too Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hold up. 
there's a bit of a failure there if we think that we're going to have to wait, I think, for governments to do all of the work. Um, obviously, each of us have different capacities to act on certain issues because of circumstances. Yes. However, I think, and, and I, I, when I'm, you know, speaking to community groups or whoever it is that I'm engaging with at the time, I make sure that I really drive home this message that, you know, I, I try to counter this this sort of myth that, that's often uh, propagated that if you help one, you have to help them all, which is just bullshit. Um, mm. You know, that we all have this sort of individual power to create change. And it again, it depends on our circumstances and that those, that's, you know, circumstances are amorphous, they change. Um, but, you know, we, we, we can... Um, we can recycle, we can reuse things, um, you know, even just like down to um, one of the one of the most, I think, toxic, wasteful industries out there is the fashion industry. And I've reviewed my own behaviour in a lot of ways, especially in recent years, because um, I, I grew up with, you know, my, my dad loves clothes and that's not shaming him. He was actually a victim of the 1967 bushfires and they grew up, him and his, his family grew up in a shed um, while my, my grandfather was building their, their house and he remembers um, when, when he turned up at the scene after the, the fires had th- swept through the Clarence Plains only having the clothes on his back. So that became his default to buy clothes and then so... Like for me, I sort of unconsciously sort of did the same. And then I decided, you know, I realized like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't actually, like, I just see this shirt, like you guys obviously listening to the podcast can't see, but I'm just wearing this one <laughs> jumper that's got a, mm. and I bought it six years ago. And my friends always make fun of me because first of all, I'm a daggy dad and, you know, my favorite bands are like Dire Straits and Led Zeppelin and Rolling Stones <laughs> and stuff. Um, you know, and actually no, really I'm as, into recycling. Yes, it really is, <laughs> yes, really. And I am an actual daggy dad, not just, you know, a fake larrikin turning up to Sharks games. Um, <laughs> what am I talking about? I don't know. Um, but, but you know, I realised that um, like there's there's actually there is a lot that can be done at that individual level, and I think that we we sometimes can easily forget that, and that's nobody's mm. fault. But you know, um, we do we can affect a lot of we can mm. affect a lot of change at that individual level, and also by put, put putting pressure on you know yes. whether it's our municipal or local. Um, you know, state and then federal governments as well, because they they and respond to that. They respond when you put pressure on a government, you you give them no chance. Um, well, I have to, well, so far you give them resisted. less. <laughs> yes, I know, but but if you but, like again, if you call it directly how it is, you call a spade a spade. Um, you know, which shouldn't be used for digging um, more mines. Um, <laughs> you, 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 yeah, you really you you tighten that but, gap through which they can crawl out. And but away it's not just from responsibility. But it's not it's not just individual action. It's also collective action that exists mm. outside of governments. Like one of the most, I think, potent things that I've seen in recent years is the Extinction Rebellion protesters who keep on doing things like blocking up the Sydney Harbour Bridge to the absolute fury of everyone in Sydney, right? But they're, they're actually so effective. Like, I, I, I'm so amazed by how courageous effective they are. Effective how, though? Effective to achieve what? I mean, apart from a lot of publicity. Uh, well, this is a genuine question. This is not being simple. Yeah. But publicity no. is pressure on the government. Yeah, if it's continuously well, no, 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 get but, thrown into jail. I would say that one of the most interesting things, like 
they they have now made it illegal to to basically protest in New South Wales in reaction to these Extinction Rebellion people. Now they should keep going. Like that's sort of getting Gandhi esque. Like if you, if a government can't even listen to the truth. Then you're yeah. onto something. You've got to keep pushing. Like, like I'm not saying that they're effective yet, but what I'm saying is, you you actually, like, the first they ignore you, then they, you know, laugh at you, then they start taking Lock you seriously. You like they are, like the Extinction Rebellion people. For all how irritating they are, they actually, they actually are sort of really pushing the buttons of the political mm. classes, which is exactly what needs to happen. And it's not. Just in New South Wales, by the way, there are really draconian laws about protest in Queensland and Tasmania, like new laws. Because well, in yes. WA, we've just seen like the police swoop in on the woman who did the little protest by um, putting the stencil on the artwork in WA. Mm. She's had the police knocking at her door to with um, a search warrant to see if they can find a short pink skirt and a black t shirt because they saw an image of her standing at the side of another protest that was taking place. So it is actually now state intimidation and harassment. And the thing that's going to happen that governments, lawmakers are acutely aware of that these protests are going to become much bigger, probably more violent as things get worse, much more aggressive. I mean, we're seeing soup thrown on paintings, always with perspex in front of it. Mm. That's that's the start of it. It's going to get so much more, and that's why the laws are draconian heavy now yeah. as deterrent. And and the thing is, Tanya Plibersek can approve 116 fracking mines, but then they've got to build them right. And in New South Wales, in northern New South Wales, when they tried to start fracking northern New South Wales, the Lock the Gate Coalition actually just prevented it from happening. And how did they do it? Through direct action. They literally were just all these grannies, the knitting, what are they, what are they called? The knitting nanas used to go up yeah, yeah. and they'd lock themselves into the roads and, and in cement and it would take all day to try and remove these people who were lying in front of the trucks. And eventually, after years of the gas companies just literally not being able to build the fracking wells... Gave up and and fracking was for a while banned in New South Wales and so you know like what I, you know just yeah. like government is one thing but you Grace you're absolutely right like it's now incumbent on if the government's not going to do it it's incumbent on people to actually step up and and start mm-hmm. doing things. My my mind just goes to you know what's sort of zooming out and 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 asking some really big questions. Um, you, you know, because obviously we need uh, fuel, um, but what perhaps, you know, like is, is that just it? Is there something else uh, belying this um, over-dependence on f- fossil fuels and the fossil fuel industries? Um, you know, I, and I just think about, you know, the military-industrial complex and how that's in- integrated with all of this as well. Um, and I think, you know, like this this sort of that that – um, aspect of things perhaps isn't looked into enough and the fact that we you know are uh, like our you know our just slow insidious um integration with the united states and and being a colony of the united states and i just i i, I think about that a lot and you know i've been watching um I've been watching a lot of material um, about you know the cold war and um we seem to sort of be in another phase of that at the moment um well well, not just a cold war but you know and it's just sort of 
I don't know, my my head just mm. sort of goes to that sort of thing, to even bigger, mm. um, you know, like really asking the questions of what's underpinning this beyond just the obvious because I think that's really, you know, it's it's easy to, to be, you know, look look this direction, um, you know, because McCarthy um, is, a, is a figure as well that I've been dwelling on um, and, and this sort of like, this exaggeration um, and distraction politics that we're seeing a lot of and this, you know, you're talking about these draconian laws and this, these sort of like this, um, all the, all the ways I'm seeing lately where instead of having constructive debates, we're kind of just shutting things off um, before we get to the real answer and what's happening beneath the surface. Um, And yeah, again, McCarthy kind of sort of did that, Really, where he made that he made that error of like debate just being sort of a situation of just charge being met with counter charge, you know, like attack mm. and then counter attack, and that's you know that 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 the whole climate change issue has devolved into that where we're just getting you know laws imposed, um, you know, against protesting peaceful protesting laws which aren't in proportion, I think, to the offence. Um, when you consider that, you know, again, and maybe this is just my cynicism in the area that I work in, you know, pedophilia remains the most underpunished crime in Australia and you see perpetrators of, of calculating, um, you know, premeditated offences, um, which are an inhumane uh, uh, crime, um, like they, 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 they face even less time in prison. And people who have protested mm, for people have- for for the, the the health of the planet and the continuation of our species, it just doesn't add up, does it? It doesn't. No. Joe's mentioned the Overton window before, and I think an interesting hypothetical exercise is, you know, what will that be in a thousand years? And well, not even a thousand years, a hundred years, when some sea oil CEOs are still alive, and it's unequivocal what they've done. Yeah, it's not inconceivable to think that that. The continued pumping of massive amounts of carbon to the atmosphere will be a very serious offence under the law. Yeah, I'm talking a long time from now, but like, well, he's hoping, but the planet might be uninhabitable before it gets to that point. We've, and we've I think the interesting thing. <laughs> well, I think the interesting thing is, is that as Grace was alluding to earlier, it's not like the people who are doing the pumping don't know what it is that they are doing. Um, nor what the consequences will be. And that's why you've started to see these sort of weird prepper-style developments happening amongst our billionaires where they're buying up property in New Zealand and uh, Tasmania and saying what Mm. and and actually seeking um, to take advice on what will it take uh, to survive beneath the ground for long enough so everybody else has died off. I mean, people who instead of investing the time, the energy and the resources into trying to solve the problem problems of our planet, they are trying to create little small worlds. They seemingly have never seen post-apocalypse TV shows of any sort and know that you can never outlast the nightmare <laughs> that will come for you in the end. Um, but that's the mindset and it's it does it does feel make one feel kind of hopeless because even though I'm all for direct and individual action, it is actually institutional change and reform which is required. And so it's how individuals can chip away at those institutions even when they are refusing to listen um, and even if they're listening, refusing to fundamentally hear what is being said. That's my downbeat 
car analysis for the afternoon. Okay, so we've got about one minute left. How do we Can we just solve the problem? Yeah, how do we make everybody feel like <laughs> yeah, there's no, still hope? No, no, we just got to now come up with the solution that you pose to create profound institutional In, infult, reform. Infiltrate the billionaire class. You're saying we uh, should become billionaires? I'll okay, oh, become so you, a billionaire. I love it. The thing is, I don't, I don't yeah. want to become a billionaire. I believe in the law of diminishing. I believe in the law of diminishing but, returns. Um, I, but you, I you've don't, started the process, haven't you? Because no, the Grace no. Tame Foundation, no. No, the Grace Tame Foundation doesn't have to pay tax, does it? Like, there you go. Well, we don't. So the thing is, we, so we have we have accrued, Charles, in our like we've been we've been, we've been yeah. operational for just over a year, and we have accrued yeah. le, um, like less than a million dollars, probably less than um, three quarters of a million dollars in donations, yeah. and but, none of the none of the yeah. none of the directors draw a wage from that. And we actually what we do with that yes. cash. Let me tell you a funny story. So. When um, when that bong photo um, came out, that was I think designed to smear me. Yes. When that came out, um, and you know, three guesses of who was probably behind that, because um, it came out twelve hours, a whole twelve hours after the um, episode of sixty minutes, where somebody somebody was trying to paint me as being rude, which of course is a subjective um, character trait, as opposed to you know um, deliberately uh, installing oneself into five other ministry portfolios. Portfolios, um, which is more of more of that's more, sorry more of a more of a direct yeah. assault on democracy. Democracy, anyway. Um, you know, um, I just had some, some some feelings about child sexual abuse and the lack of action um, taken on that particular issue, and you know, some somebody's ties to Hillsong and yada yada yada. Anyway, um, yes. I made a face um, at them, and you know, it was for a really short period of time. Anyway, there was a photo of me holding a bong that was really large um, when I was yeah. about 19 Impressive. years old in California. and it was kind of like a bassoon. Yeah, it was. Rather it was than an, an, someone said it was, oboe. It was an oboe. Got, you know, it was an oboe. And, you know, big, I was. bigger. Yeah, yeah, or a clarinet. But did um, you find any comfort in the fact that, like, most people on Twitter, like my entire Twitter feed, their this, reaction was, this, sick this bong. Is, Grace Tame's this, got a cool bong. That's, this is, that's cool. This is <laughs> the point that I was, this is the point that I was getting to. So... <laughs> When when that happened, the first person to sort of set off this uh, this positive um, uh, train um, was was Will Anderson, who then posted a photo of himself ripping a bong, and then several <laughs> other key people in the public eye did the same, including politicians who found old photos of themselves smoking, um, you know, spliffs and whatnot. Now, I personally actually find marijuana quite, I don't, I, it, you know, I, I haven't smoked marijuana in a very long time because I find it makes me paranoid and I don't like it. Um, and I think, you know, like that's a conversation that needs to be had that it can, that, you know, like drugs are not something that I like advocate for, but I also don't think it, you know, shaming them is is Whereas Daniel is and I, good. On the other hand, will be very strong advocates. Well, for, uh, but, uh, but like, for I, I personally, I personally, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a delicate conversation, you know, it because is. for it, different people, different strokes, different folks, different smokes, whatever you want Indeed. to say. Um, but anyway, um, what happened was people were reacting to it and. Basically, I think like the, the the general message was that they could see that it was not proportionate, 
um, to what had happened. And really the, the, the level of shame that was being directed at me was nowhere near the level of shame that was being that well, that should be directed at perpetrators of of crimes, mm. um, and and when you think about it, um, the the ways that children respond to, especially children who these crimes have been perpetrated against them when they're actually still in the process of integrating their sense of self, defining their own identity, as opposed to you know if you go through abuse later in life, at least you can reclaim. You know what you're reclaiming. Like a child doesn't know, and they're finding all these different coping mechanisms, and some of them are going to be maladaptive. Anyway, people were responding to this and posting photos of themselves smoking marijuana. And then someone, I think it was Reese Muldoon from Play School and, um, you know, other, other, you know, a myriad of, 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 of um, television and, and film jobs. He said, oh, I feel like donating to the Grace Tame Foundation. And then several other people then retweeted and were sort of on the same path. Now, by the end of that day, we had about $50,000 in donations. Now, at the end of that week, we had $100,000 in donations. Now, what we do with that money in our philanthropic arm is we, we use that to pay for the legal uh, work of survivors of child sexual abuse. So so put that, put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> so I think we, it's fair to say that you will not be infiltrating the billionaire class through no. the Grace Foundation. Right? No. If for completely separate reasons, you are also not paying tax as a not-for-profit uh, philanthropic organisation. Personally, I, I, I pay I pay my fair share of tax. Um, and Max, my, my fiancé, he um, he did his d- degree. He's a chartered accountant. He chips in a lot too. Well, he, he did it. He's a, he's a chartered accountant. Ah. And so... Yes. So he can keep everything on the straight and narrow. He de- definitely. He's taught me a lot of things. And I actually, because I'm autistic and I really like love, I love numbers and I'm fascinated by, I know it's a strange thing to say, but I'm fascinated by financial stuff. I find it really interesting. I'm really, Well, they're really also nerdy. very soothing because yeah. numbers add up and, you know, when they're out of whack, you will be able to find a solution to them. No, if there's you, a discrepancy you... in your balance, you can work out what that is. Yeah. And I do find that very reassuring and cathartic as well. You're both yeah, completely I, wrong numbers are terrible and they should be ignored at any given opportunity run from them and if grace isn't going to do it i will infiltrate the billionaire class okay okay dave um on that note uh i think we'll wind up this podcast for this week and we'll look forward to hearing from you next week uh dave on how your mission to become a billionaire as quickly as possible is going developing the strategy hopefully it'll be replicable replicable maybe scalable and Maybe we can uh, we can become the new billionaire class and work for good and not for evil. I'm on it. Absolutely. Yeah, on it. Thank you for listening, everyone. Um, if Charles's battery hadn't run out, he would say something commercial about which channel we're somehow part of, but we don't know. So we'll uh, just look forward to joining you again uh, next week. We still don't Yay. know why he was in a car park, do we? We don't. We do not. I think that's, I mean, car parks are like the token location for trading secret information. He's definitely a spy. Yeah, he's definitely a spy. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 